Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Tony with Gladiators Boxing out of California. Tony, what is going on, man? How are you feeling today? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, man. Everything is good. There we go. We're Look, we're excited to have you on. And we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Gladiators Boxing. But uh, let's go ahead and start with a basic question, you know. Tony, how many members are you serving currently? Uh, I want to say like maybe 120. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, Tony, I think it's a little different for boxing gyms versus like a traditional gym. So what's been the best method to get new people through the door and interested to work with you? I think it's a lot of the families just kind of bringing their friends it's a nice little environment we created there. Everybody's pretty much like family. So okay. cousins, you know, I, I usually like if a cool kid from school comes then he brings the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's simple, right? You got to have a little popular guy come through and then they'll bring everybody else. That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Um, and uh, well, I, I can relate to that. I think I, as I, when I was a kid, I think a lot, when all the cool kids started going to the gyms, yeah, it seemed like everybody else joined too. Um, uh, and so, you know, I think uh, another question here, Tony, I think I like to get this perspective as well, especially you being a boxer gym again. Um, you know, I know you said you're at 120 or so now, but I mean, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you see yourself going? Uh, like number wise? Yeah, yeah. How much higher than 120? Like, could you hit like 200, 300, oh, 400? Yeah, I think so. I could probably do like maybe 350, 400. Okay. Yeah. And is that a direction you guys are trying to go in? Or are you guys more focused on staying small and tight knit? Well, but then it becomes about uh, quality, right? When you have that many Very people. True. Very true. So, yeah. like I said, now, uh, we have a good crowd. Yeah, there's sometimes we got a waiting list, especially for the kids' class. Yeah. Uh, for the same reason that we only take a certain amount of people in. And yeah. I know we can make more time slots, but it's not even like about that. It's just we like that one-on-one interaction with everybody. Which I think is important. I think you don't want to jeopardize the quality experience for quantity, right? And, and which is okay, right? I think, and then eventually in due time, you could always find that, that, that sweet spot of where it's like, Hey, this is too much or this is too little and what works well for you guys. And so Tony, I'm not so sure if you're a one man team here and you can correct me if you're not, you can let us know, but how are you able to track and maintain the metrics of like how long someone's been with you? You know, if they're looking to cancel, if they're doing one-on-ones, how do you track those numbers? Uh, we don't have a software. Uh, we usually just kind of do everything manual. Uh, so we write write stuff down, you know, sign-in okay. sheet. Yeah. At least so, you have something, though. You yeah, know? we do, actually. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I have a bunch of uh, volunteers, like fighters, that wow. help out. So okay. I just, everybody has a role in the gym. Yeah, and that's important. Where you can kind of, again, you're building the community within the gym, you know, yep. and just if they can have, be an asset, you know, 
inside and outside. And that's, that's, that's big. Now, I want to throw a little bit of a longer question at you, Tony. A good question, though. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see your response here, right? Because what we've been discussing this entire podcast, and we use most prominently in the fitness and gym, what are going to be three pillars of business, okay? It's going to be one, your lead generation, right? Which is getting people through the door. Two, it's going to be your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Tony, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, the Probably the sales part. Okay. Yeah. So getting when somebody comes through the door and being able to get them to actually pay you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is the hardest thing for a lot of gym owners. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you're not a sales professional. You're a fitness professional, right? You're not supposed to be the guy who's like selling cars or throwing you know, the numbers out there. And I think that's okay. Not something that you can't learn. Like you became a great coach after learning and practicing and doing those things. But the same way you can become a great salesperson is just over time. So for you, Tony, I mean, I'm going to ask you two more questions. They're my two favorite questions. I mean, what's the bigger picture? You know, what are you trying to accomplish in the next five, 10 years? Uh, first, I'm trying to get an Olympic fighter and then okay. uh, try to do get a world champ. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Prof- professional love world that. champion. Because that's probably people through the door as well, I'm assuming, right? Uh, yeah. Most <laughs> definitely, like, yeah. That's like, <laughs> like that's the market for I, you. Yeah, the closest we've gotten has been trials, and that made a lot of noise too. Uh, really? Yeah. So we had two two females in two different wow. weight classes. So that was pretty cool because um, afterwards, I noticed like um, a lot of uh, females started showing that. So awesome. I, I got yeah, I got a feeling niggas because of that. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, I love, and it brings that confidence, right? Especially even for females, right? Being that demographic that you don't really tap into where it's like, wow, like you could, you're welcome here as well. Like they've done it. You come as well. And uh, I've got one more question for you here, Tony. My favorite question of the day, you know, if you could go back in time here, Tony, cause I know you have a lot of skin in the game, right? You've been in business for a while. If you could go back in time to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. <laughs> What would that advice be for you? Uh, make contracts. <laughs> Month, yeah, like uh, long, long-term type of contracts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I mean, like, that, like, that goes for fighters and members, and you know, yeah, everybody. Involved. That's a very, very real answer. It's a very. <laughs> I appreciate you being honest there, but uh, way to close it out there. Look, Tony, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out. If you have any social media, Facebook, website, please let the people know where can they find out more about you and the gym. Uh, yeah, so they can uh, find us on Facebook, Gladiators Boxing Gym. We have uh, Instagram. I think it's Gladiators underscore uh, boxing underscore gym. And we're also online too. So you can we have our own site, gladiatorsboxinggym.com. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, Tony. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, Tony, I want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Perfect. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, 
hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is Mr. Brian Mistretta of Versatile Fitness, coming all the way from San Diego, California. Brian, what's going on, man? How are you today? How's it going, Joe? Thanks for having me on. We're uh, excited to have you. Just enjoying the sunshine out here in San Diego. Yeah, you as Brian and I got to chat a little bit before starting the podcast. Brian is a former New Yorker and knows that we lack sunshine on this coast. So I think he's just rubbing it in my face a little bit now that he's in sunny San Diego. Anyway, Brian, the reason that we're here, we want to pick your brain on versatile fitness and, and all that you do. For the people that aren't familiar with, with you or the brand, give me in a nutshell how you describe versatile fitness. What is this business about? So versatile fitness uh, was created eight years ago because I was private training and I basically wanted a way to be able to train more people in a similar format that I do individually, but in a fun group environment. So when I first created the, the little studio um, down the street, um, we set it up where we can just do circuit training, all strength training, but you gotta get that individual attention in a fun group atmosphere, high music, high energy. Um, I wanted to kind of replicate that, that CrossFit model. I remember when they were kind of exploding and um, I always personally thought that that was such a small niche market of people that could do CrossFit or that wanted to. So I wanted to replicate that model for the other 95% of the population. The stay-at-home moms and the golfers and the surfers out here that you just want to get in shape, but you don't want to do crazy Olympic powerlifting. Right. Um, so we developed this little fun class model where we get trainers that guide you through a circuit training workout in 45 minutes. Boom, you're done. And uh, also keep it a lot more affordable. So instead of paying me $80 a session, well, now you can pay $100 a month and come to unlimited classes. You're just in a group setting. So that was kind of the, the beginning of everything. Yeah. When was that? What's the time frame on this? So that was, eight, that was basically eight years ago. Okay. Eight years is, is quite a tenure here in the fitness industry and, and a couple of evolutions along the way. In your experience, at least thus far, what was your favorite part about running this business so far? My favorite part was just the uh i i was going through some some pretty hard personal times and it gave me the courage to kind of just jump into a studio with absolutely nothing complete blind faith and uh i'll just never forget just taking care of people one-on-one -on -one. they brought in their friends 
and everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was like the scariest time of my life, but like I was, I was on the right track and uh, you know, people just came in and they were like, you know, I think you're onto something. This is yeah. going to be good. You know, this is, this is definitely what we want. This is what we need. And uh, I kind of always remember that feeling in the beginning and that's what kind of keeps me going still. You know, I think about that when I just dove in head first with nothing and uh, you know, it was seriously blind faith, but you know, clients kind of encouraged the trainer back, back then. And they kind of kept me going. So that was the most fun for me was seeing that growth with absolutely nothing, no marketing, no advertising. I didn't even have a sign on the building for a year and a half. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I'm telling yeah, you, it was not alone in that boat. That's it's kind of sure. comical. Cause you know, I'm almost embarrassed when I look back on the first studio, how bare bones and pathetic it looked. Mm-hmm. but like you said strapping all the way through <laughs> yeah it was it was rough and yeah. eight years ago you know a bosu ball and a trx and some battle ropes that was cool yeah you know? i think i mean it's a it's a common theme that i hear time and time again especially from people who have a, a background in training when they venture out on their own obviously budgets are tight getting started in a, in a really bare bones, as you described it, fashion, but it grew over time. We were able to add some stuff here and there. And, and you at one point moved to where you are located now, correct? Yeah. So that was where I'm now is the second location, which I opened up about a year and a half after the first location, which was another blind faith move where a, another a local gym shut down overnight. Uh-huh. And just all the members showed up to an, to an empty gym. Um, so I was actually only interested in the client database because I was two miles down the street and I was like, I'll take uh, care of all you guys. We were buying, yeah. We were buying a, a client yeah. roster. I'll take care of you guys. I'm right up the street. Um, but I saw the facility and uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do something with this place too. Yeah, um, it was twice the size, you know, it was, a, it was a good deal. And, uh, again, I just jumped in head first and, uh, we were on to location number two. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, a couple of evolutions again, down the road, we had this, this pandemic, I'm sure you've heard about it. <laughs> how, how was that for you as a business owner in California? What was that experience like? How hard were you guys to? You know, California was, it was rough. Um, they didn't do a lot to take care of small business. Fitness out here was, was pretty brutal. Um, I had to shut down and I, I, I lost almost 80% of my business overnight. Um, which for me, um, you know, and a lot of people, it's a, that's a game over. I had yeah. to shut down two locations I, uh, I was on the news for, you know, doing some virtual training through the location on the iPhone. Um, but the rules changed every few days. So, yeah. you know, for me, I always stayed positive and I just kept adapting. You know, one week we were outdoors in the parking lot. The next week we're virtual. Then I'm training in my garage on Zoom. Then we're back 10 people allowed in the facility. Then we're shut down. So it was Appreciate just how do we... 
how do we adapt and survive throughout this whole storm? Yep. A little creativity and a, a whole lot of resilience. Big At time. least you made it through, right? Like you said, not everybody was was so fortunate. And fortunate is probably not the best way to describe it, but at least you're still here with a fighting chance. Exactly. Now that we're on the, the quote-unquote other side, or at least you can operate with some level of normalcy, what's the, what's the marketing strategy now? How do we rebuild? What's, what's kind of on your mind to get some new eyeballs and some new bodies coming in through the doors? Well, I'll be real with you, you know, after the pandemic, everything moved back under one location, um, which was kind of a blessing in disguise because it gave me my freedom back. I had a little bit more time to, you know, kind of structure things differently. Um, and get Do you think you were up. over inflated? Big time. Yeah, yeah big time. So the okay. storm, so, you know, it was sort bad. Of a reorganization then? Okay. Exactly. You know, and the storm, sometimes it... It also helps clear out a lot of the bad. Yeah. Um, reset so I, button. Definitely a reset button. It was a big reset for me. Um, I had to take a look at, you know, a lot of different things and, uh, you know, where to focus my attention. But having one location and two, two other trainers to help out, I was free to do so. Um, and now here we are. I don't even know how much time has gone by since we were allowed to reopen again, but <laughs> just block that out of your mind entirely yeah it's, it's a little foggy but look back you know I, I think it's a different world and um you know just to be honest with you i'm struggling right now to think of ideas and new ways to bring people in yep. um, in the last if i'm, if I'm being honest I, I hear that a lot i, I don't I'm think sure. that, that that's unique to you i think what worked, even if people felt comfortable and, and felt like they had it kind of figured out, quote unquote, pre-pandemic, like you said, the rules of the game changed. What worked then may not be as effective now. And, and so it is kind of a back to the drawing board sort of thing, you know? I agree. I mean, Joe, that you nailed it on the head because that's exactly where I'm at right now is the game has totally changed. Seven or eight years ago when I started, I didn't have anything, but the, the business grew organically and through like just Google and Yelp and people bringing in their friends. I always had new people coming through the door. There also wasn't as much competition in That's seven true. years. Oh my God. I can't even tell you how many other very, very similar gyms have opened up in San Diego. Very yep. similar. Even within a two mile radius, there's yep. tons of gyms doing very similar group training. That model exploded and now you know i'm still the little guy i'm the little small business competing with these big huge franchises like f45 and orange theory and blah 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 and they have these huge marketing budgets and the celebrities and the commercials and uh you know for a while there i thought social media was the ticket for me and we're very active on social media mm -hmm. but it doesn't bring new people in so I'm kind of trying to find a different way to, yeah. you know, maximize my effort and my energy to yeah. figure this thing out. Like you said, I mean, you're not alone there, but I want to highlight one of the things that you said, because I think it gets misconstrued a lot in our industry. It does not make sense for us to go head to head with 
people with much deeper pockets than us. Even if it's a similar model, like they're gonna they're gonna win on budget alone. They can outspend you. They can outlast some losses. It's it's a losing fight in a, in a marketing sense, at least For to sure. try to to try to one up those types of facilities. Social media is an interesting animal here, and I I think. It, there's so many different ways to use it. There's so many different, and, and the rules there change more frequently than anything. But it's uh, it's at least a tool in the tool belt, right? There's there's a way that we can utilize it well, and there's a way that we can waste a lot of money and time and resources, and that's a challenge as well, right? Most of the people in situations like yours. They got into owning a business because they they loved fitness. They were coaches, not necessarily the the expert on Facebook algorithms and how to launch an Instagram. Like it's just not taught in a in a CF level one or in a an ASM course. It's it's trial and error a lot of the times. And, and like you said, budgets are tight, time is at a premium. Sometimes that's just not an option. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I. I feel kind of old a little bit or maybe out of touch. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. But like you said, I started this business to train people, to help people, to take care of them and just reach a, a bigger audience. Um, how can I help more people and leverage my time doing so? Mm -hmm. I'm not a social media person. I could barely turn on the computer, you know, like I'm just not that person. That's not my specialty. And here I am trying to learn Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and ad campaigns. And it's just not my wheelhouse. So I know there's probably, you know, a better ways to optimize that stuff and, and make it more efficient. Sure. Um, but it's just yeah. one of those things that's free to get you out there. And, and an, an ongoing challenge that every gym owner faces is, is figuring out how to get people through the door. I want to move the conversation along, Brian. Somebody reaches out, we have a lead, they're interested in, in training in some capacity. Walk me through what a typical sales process looks and feels like. Who are they speaking with and, and what is that conversation like before they eventually sign up? Well, first of all, there really is no sales process or sales pitch. Um, since the beginning, everyone has come in on a seven day trial. So that's been my bread and butter, a seven day trial, you come in, you try it out unlimited for seven days, try as many classes as you want. And, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. We have tons of different options for you to choose from once you try out these classes based on your budget and your, uh, you know, your, uh, how many classes you want to come in per week, you know, yeah. what um, made you go with the, the trial on the front end? What was kind of the, the fuel behind that? Well, I started it back in the day for free, seven-day trial, because here I am, you know, Brian from New York, nobody knows, with this tiny studio with no signage. I just needed bodies in the door. But I took such good care of people that my retention was amazing. So if someone came in to do at least two classes, they were buying something. Yeah. If I could get them back twice, they were buying a package. So all I wanted to do was figure out how to get them through the door. And it was word of mouth through the seven day trial. And that was it. Yeah. And, and like you said, people that are taking advantage and using the service convert, right? 
they're yes. showing up. They're the ones that are that are our kind of ideal avatar, if you will. You mentioned retention, and, and I want to pick your brain on that. What do you think played most into those people sticking? What influenced the the longevity of their membership most in your eyes? I think it was the personal connection. It was it was such a different model back then that when people came in and I followed up with them, I mean, I treated every single person like they were a private training client because that's just how my brain worked. That's what I was doing for years, that one-on-one -on -one extra care for people. It's harder to do that when you do start growing, you know, to kind of leverage your time and take care of that many people. But it's a little pat on my back that I never had to do any advertising or marketing or sales pitches. I never yeah. had to do it. People just came in, they liked it and they stayed and they bought something and they brought their friends. And it was, it couldn't have been any more organic than that. Um, so, you know, like I said, the game's changed though. <laughs> yeah. so right yeah. now I'm sitting in my gym and uh, there really isn't a lot of people coming in on these seven day trials anymore. Mm. So that's where, you know, this kind of sparked my interest too, because I'm still learning. I've been in the industry for a long time, but I still. I think, know. yeah, uh, so many people that listen to our podcast do so because of similar reasons, right? They're learning, they're, they're, they're looking for different ways to, to fill it out, right? We we all know the atmosphere of a packed gym, everybody cheering each other on, high five and sweating on each other. I think there's a little bit, or there at least was a little bit of a social stigma to, to group training, especially in, in the California area, the New York area. As that dissipates a little bit, I think group fitness is really primed for a rebound. I think there will always be value to this kind of service and we're seeing facilities now start to hit pre-pandemic numbers and expand beyond that it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up for you here in the next couple of months and, and years yeah know. and i was i thought the rebuild would have happened already you know i expected enough time has passed where all those people that left all those people that bought pelotons and thought they were gonna work out in their garage for the rest of time. I thought a lot of those people would come back, but I haven't really seen that. You know, to be honest with you, I haven't seen this big like, oh, okay, we can come back to the gym now and start our group training again. I, I truly feel like um, kind of starting over, but now there's just so much more competition as well. Hence me trying to find different ways to, uh, you know, get people through the door and a lot of it's through online and that's not my specialty. So I have to keep, yeah. <laughs> I have to, again, keep learning and adapting. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I think worthwhile for us to at least address, like we've said it in a couple of different ways so far, but the skill set to be a good coach, whether it's in the CrossFit or, or functional group training space, whatever we call it, the skill set to be a good coach and the skill set to be a good business owner are typically pretty far apart there's there's a little crossover but there's a lot of new skills to learn and adapt and even more so post-pandemic so it'll be interesting let me kind of kind of wrap this conversation up 
with a, a look to the future here. If you magic genie lamp and, and could solve this, this marketing and acquisition issue, what do you see as the long-term for, for versatile fitness? Where do you want this thing to go? Well, one of the things that have been get, that's been getting me pretty excited is developing uh, a more functional online program. Um, I'd like to dive into that again to leverage my time a little bit more. I've been doing the 4 a.m. to 7 p.m. trainer game for a long time, and I'm getting kind of old. So, mm. you know, I'd like to fill this gym up have more great trainers that I can kind of teach and coach and take on more of a management role. But I also want to find ways to, you know, expand virtually through the online game. And I've been trying to make a lot of efforts to divert, to uh, diversify. You know, we started doing self-defense courses and bringing in other coaches with different specialties or different backgrounds. Um, so for me, you know, I'm starting over, but I'm diversifying, trying to create, you know, a bigger online program, uh, which was, you know, in part because of the pandemic is trying to, shoot, we can't go in the gym. How do I train people yeah. virtually? So trying to take everything that we learned and what we did that from, you know, the entire quarantine. I think that's the important part, starting over, but not, we have eight years of experience and, and, two plus years of really, really intense experience. For sure. That'll, that'll certainly play into how the future pans out for you. So we're running a bit shy on time here, Brian, but before we wrap this whole thing up, why don't you tell people where they can learn more about Versatile Fitness? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can we send people? Versatilefitness.com is our website, which I'm easy. currently redoing because I okay. got update another one of those digital skills look at that a man of many all that stuff social media same thing at versatile fitness um we do a lot of our stuff there so all of our updates on classes and promotions and everything fun and you know we try to keep it lighthearted. you know we we crack jokes and we keep it a fun group environment that community feel we do pub crawls and we do socials and christmas parties and you know kind of make it more than just your work out and go home. So uh, you see a lot of that stuff on our social media page. That's where we do most of our marketing. Um, but that is pretty much it. You got to be in yeah. Pacific Beach near that area to uh, check out a class. Straightforward enough. Brian, I really appreciate your time. I think conversations like this amongst entrepreneurs in our industry is really, really needed now more than ever. I think people are, are experiencing the after effects of the pandemic, but knowing that you're not alone and knowing that there's, there's a silver lining, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, whatever the phrase you want to use. I think this is really, really prime for a comeback. So I'm excited to see what the future of this holds for you. I thank you. And I wish you nothing but the best my man. Great time, Joe. appreciate your time, man. Thanks Absolutely. So to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, Or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Chris from Fit Body Boot Camp out of Spokane, Washington. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here and to learn more about your fitness business. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on, the good, the bad, the ugly, Give me a little bit of background. Like, ultimately, what was it that led to you going and opening up this Fit Body Boot Camp? Um, first and foremost, thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it, the opportunity, and hopefully we can help some people. But um, my interest to joining into the franchise for Fit Body Boot Camp, um, I went to Fitness Business Summit in 2017, just as a weekend away from uh, coming back from a deployment in the military and I was still active duty military at the time with the uh, ambition to open a business after I was done with my career. Um, that weekend I walked, I, I just, <laughs> I decided to walk away from the military and re- not even retire, not collect a retirement pension um, because I was so convicted about this is what my path and my calling was uh, and passion was another way for me to help people other than life of service through the military. Um, as luck would have it, I was medically retired and I immediately jumped in um, in March of 2017, opened first doors um, August of 17 after doing boot camp in the park for free and then uh, working my way up to where we had a, um, a good following to our grand opening. We started out with um, right around 90 people in the door and been going ever since. Okay. 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 So that started in 2017. And if you had to sum up the journey so far, how do you, how would you say that things have gone? Mm, That's definitely a loaded question. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So um, awesome and unexpected. You don't know what you don't know. Right. So um, yeah, it's been uh, the last five years in business have been harder than any of my military deployments. I deployed four times to Afghanistan and once to Iraq. So. Yeah. Owning a business is difficult and owning a business in this industry, given the, the changes that we've gone through as a world the past couple of years, specifically, it is even more challenging, but Hey, here we are. You made it. So now you still have your fit body boot camp. Give us your elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide kind of paint a picture for us. 
Yeah, so uh, I own Lilac City Fit Body Bootcamp, Spokane, Washington. So if you're ever in town, come and visit. Uh, we do 30-minute uh, sessions, hit training with the premise on functional mindset. Uh, we'll help anybody, any age, skill, ability. doesn't matter if you've ever worked out or not. Um, we'll meet you where you're currently at and we'll progress from there, modifying our workouts and the way we train to meet you and help you progressively get healthier first, get, have the right mindset, and then, of course, reach those goals in route to your health and mental well-being. So. Okay, so this sounds like it's group training primarily. Um, it, do you guys do private or semi-private or is it only group classes? As a product of the last two years going through COVID, uh, I have actually stood up a one-on-one um, side uh, side hustle, side business or uh, training wing inside my studio. So um, I've just recently in the last two to three months started to grow that. And uh, so now we are doing one-on-one. Um, crazy enough, after the pandemic, everybody is wanting more of an intimate experience, wanting that and willing to pay a higher ticket value versus the small group or dynamic classes. So Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. People will pay. So like for our client, it's good because we're giving them, you know, a level of service that's going to help them achieve whatever goal that they have. And we can be super specific with goals for one-on-one. And then for the business, I mean, it's hella smart for us because we're going to be making a whole lot more money per head than we would with group training. Um, so that was a smart move on your part. Is it just you training or do you have other trainers that work for you and do some of that PT as well? So I have a full-time manager and the rest of my team is uh, part-time, whether that's 10 hours a week or up to uh, potentially 25 hours a week. Um, but I have in total nine members of my team. Nine, nine team members. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can both do boot camp, and then uh, progressively they're coming on board to learn and I'm shadowing and mentoring them to do one-on-one training. Awesome. So really looking to grow that one-on-one program by the sounds of what you're saying. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, for you, what's your plan of action to grow that and make that a bigger part of what you have to offer at your location here? Uh, the single biggest asset of the last two years, especially with where we're located here in the state of Washington, regrettably, um, both positive and negatively has been um, advertising on social media has been dangerous because of the state's policies and the guidance and the restrictions that we've had. Um, for those that don't know, state of Washington gave full authority and a power to our local uh, labor and industry to shut down businesses and penalize and do without any kind of a other um, authority weighing in. So they were targeting people who were doing social media advertising, saying they were open for group style classes because they wanted to know immediately whether you were violating um, the requirements by their health and safety standards and all that, whether you were or you weren't, getting put under the microscope caused you to um, have a very high swing in members and service level that you could provide. So that led me to being a, a very strongly reliant on word of mouth referrals and coming up with internal referral programs and of course your email list and things that were more in your control to be able to um, maneuver and sway and influence 
rather than just hoping that an ad that you're paying for hits the right person and not the wrong uh, environment. Yeah. Um, no, word of mouth is always one of our favorite things in this industry or any industry as a business owner, we're always going to love word of mouth because it's free. It doesn't cost us any money. We just have to have a great quality service that people are going to talk about. Um, but the social media thing, that's very, very interesting. I didn't know that specifically about Washington. Now, are you guys still dealing with that? Like being that it's, you know, a couple years later, like, are they still shutting so, down or? No, thankfully they stopped uh, at the beginning of this year, but it was all the way up till January of 2022 that they were still um, very heavily scrutinizing or inspecting and doing um, restrictive uh, how you how you operate yeah that's that's insane um i can't imagine you know uh, that must have made things really difficult for you and i i've heard that over there on the west coast things were a lot more restrictive than here in florida <laughs> so uh wow um but i guess like my next question for you would be, you know, it sounds like that was a problem then, but now being that you're not able to be shut down by the government or, or the labor, is that what you said? Labor initiative or? The labor and industry, LNI. Okay. The, the LNI, um, are you going to get back on social media? Yeah. So we, we still do posts on social media. We'll still put our content out, but, um, as far as advertising goes too, um, it's definitely not where the most value is, regrettably, just because it's everything's drowned out by politics, opinion, and or um, just all the other sales and marketing aspects of uh, the way things are. So that's not every platform, of course, but uh, it's it's definitely interesting to kind of sit back and look at it from an analytical standpoint. Like if you put the testimony out, like. And it could be very well how the ads are, are uh, ran. Um, it could be very well um, the audience that you try to target and how you, you know, it, that, that I think everybody in the industry will say that, you know, it's like, hey, you can't just put a um, boost a, a post anymore and expect that you're going to get people just running to your facility. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, you have to do two, three layers within that ad to be able to follow up and lead follow-up and lead management and everything. Um, there's about easily 20 times the work that there used to be. So <clears throat> it's a matter of, is that worth the time invested or is it worth the time to go to the local business, make face-to-face -face interactions and have more genuine leads and put that money back into programs that you're giving value to your current members. And then they word of mouth refer because in the last two months I've, grown into 24 one-on-one -on -one clients just based off of word, word of mouth referral. And we're talking four or $500 a month ticket price versus what right. bootcamp would be. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely pros and cons to both sides, right? Um, with word of mouth, when we're going out to businesses and we're networking and whatnot, that costs time. And mm -hmm. time is the only thing that you, me, anybody in this world can never buy back. And so right. if we spend a bunch of time going out, hoping that we're going to get clients, we're going to get some, but do you feel like there is a more efficient way? Uh, always. There's always going to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the type of person who's always open to trying whatever's going to cost me the less time, but be the most effective and efficient for my business. Because I like to do a lot of things, and I don't want to spend every moment at the gym. Um, so for me personally, and I know a lot of other people, they have seen success with doing the digital ads on Facebook. It sounds like you you've boosted some stuff in the past. That's what you guys were doing, and you're right. It is like a three or four step process because you get the lead in your inbox. You have to follow up with them, have to follow up with them fast. And you have to continue following up with them to get them in the front door. So it's not like a word of mouth lead who's just going to walk in the the door. So it is a little bit different. Um, But if you were getting like a three to one return on those ads that you're doing, would it be something that you think would be efficient and effective? uh yeah absolutely i mean that's a definitely a good ratio yeah it's tricky to get tricky to to get it started and to get it figured out i know Mm -hmm. for me i have no experience with facebook with social media and so that's why i was super apprehensive to get started with it in the first place um but once we got them rolling like that for us is the most effective way like for us to get leads in that supplemented with our referrals with our word of mouth um, creates a pretty good lead acquisition system. Um, but we've talked about this a little bit. So I want to talk more about the membership piece of your studio. So how does membership at Fit Body Bootcamp work? Uh, it's a, uh, I guess that's, you're talking about a monthly membership or you're talking about, well, I guess it's monthly. Yeah, I mean, like uh, what kind of memberships do you guys have available? If I were to walk in right now and I was like, hey, Chris, I want to join. What can you offer me? Uh, so I do do a 28 day for $28 free trial just for them to get started. Make sure, uh, as I tell everybody, I want to make sure I'm the right fit for you, for your schedule, and that you're the right fit for us to protect our culture and our uh, community. And then that, that, so they understand that that's part of our premise too. And then after that 28 days, or even during the beginning of that 28 days, if any point in time there, they know they want to start and become a full-time member. Uh, we just do one membership across the board simple um it's we ask them to sign up for weekly payments and their membership goes there and there's a 30-day cancellation policy uh, but other than that we have zero contracts we don't uh, tie them in for six months 12 months um the only other option would be if they wanted to do like paid in full uh they can um and we if they do certain levels of paid in full We'll give them, uh, we'll throw uh, like an extra month at them. But other than that, we keep it as simple as possible. I used to do six month memberships, 12 month memberships, all that, and trying to management and track people down, and tell them their obligations or requirements to do, which is too much of a pain in the ass and it wasn't worth the effort and caused too much grief. And it was causing people to <clears throat> not come back because we'd have people that leave for three, four months and they would want to come back, but they were like, well, I don't want to do six month contract. I don't want to do 12 month contract. So it's like, okay, great. Let's just week to week. You're going to pay me X rate. And then when you need to cancel, you give me a 30 day notice. I like that. And, um, weekly payments is super smart and it's something that not a lot of people are doing, but I think it's like one of the smartest things that we can do for our business Mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons. Um, and I can kind of get into those, but like, what made you decide to come to the decision to do weekly instead of monthly payments? 
uh, before COVID, um, and even during COVID, I was I've been in a couple of different masterminds over the years, and uh, we just realized very quickly is like, well, one, you get more, you you have more income per person. Yeah, I mean that that the it's um, less aggressive to the client. It's less risk to the client in their eyes because they can afford twenty five, thirty dollars, thirty five dollars a week versus with the same cost monthly. When they see thirty five or forty dollars come out of their bank account every week, it's less intrusive than when they see $150, $160 a month at one time come out. Um, because regret, regrettably, people are just shitty with their money. They don't manage their money well. So when they have that come out, they think that, oh, crap, is this really worth it? Versus, hey, uh, well, it used to be. Um, but it, it, $40 is not that big of a deal. It was barely, barely close to what a tank of gas used to be. <laughs> No, I think weekly, I love weekly payments because like the first thing that you said, we end up getting like more revenue per person because when we bill monthly, like that only gives you 12 billing cycles in a year. But when we bill weekly, we, we end up getting some extra because there are some months that have four weeks and some that only have like three and a half or like whatever. So it just makes sense for us to kind of do things that way um, for the business. Uh, so props to you for figuring that out and applying yes. that to your business. Cause it's super smart. Um, now I like to ask this question because I think it serves as a really good talking point for not only you and I, but for the listener as well. Um, what would you consider to be your biggest like business related bottleneck currently? And what are you guys actively doing to work on overcoming that? Uh, I think business, well, uniquely to mine, um, because I just recently uh, merged my two fitness, fit body locations that I had into one and moved them into a central location. It's now um, basically it's like starting new. I had a certain amount of clients that kept stayed with me and moved with me. It's nurturing and continue to giving them value, but um, it's starting fresh and getting the new word out in the community that we're, we're, we're in the new spot or what we're doing. Um, you know, it's no different than dropping in any new spot anywhere. I'm like, Hey, by the way, here's who we are. This is what we're doing. Uh, while facing inflation, while, um, it's just a weird year right now for some reason that, it seems like everybody, what you normally get where people, kids go back to school and people are like, oh crap, winter's coming to combat seasonal depression in this area of the country to, for people when the weather starts to get colder, they want to get more active. Uh, well, it hasn't been getting cold. It's still 80 degrees today in Washington. So it's very abnormal. Um, and people are still out soaking up as much sunshine and doing it as they can. So uh, we haven't had that rush yet, but it's, it's just that it's slow momentum and trying to get that ball rolling a little faster. Yeah. I mean, no matter if you're new to the area or not, I think in this industry today and from conversations that I've had on this podcast, like I would say 85, 90% of people like that seems to be the challenge right now is just getting word out and getting people interested in taking mm -hmm. advantage of the services. Um, Post COVID, it's weird because like I thought that people would be hopping on every opportunity to come back into the gym, 
but people have Pelotons and whatever at home. So the, the industry has changed. We just have to be like, do our due diligence to get people in the front door. And how I see it is like, usually the people who need us the most are the people who don't even know that we exist. So how do we reach them? Um, now to kind of reverse here, I like, I I'm definitely a dreamer. I like to dream big. So I always like to ask my, um, guests here, if you could have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your fit body boot camp came true. What would that picture look like for you, Chris? With regards to this, my fitness business? Just fitness business and you, because I think that it's okay for us to be a little bit of, a little bit selfish when it comes to like what we want from this as well. Well, I'm uh, with because of my military background, I've already got a five and ten year plan, and um, it's just seeing that through. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when and how I get that done in my mind. Um, but, uh, with this fitness studio specifically, um, I want it to be where it's self-sustaining. I can step out of it and I have developed a team that has the confidence to make it their own and know that it is theirs. And I'm just there to facilitate what they need and want to do. Uh, because then that gives me the ability and, and, uh, um, to chase after some other things that I have personally. Uh, on my goal is and that's to um, be a, a, a motivational speaker to youth leadership, youth athletes, um, to uh, corporate entities, um, because I can connect to them with, through my story uh, a little bit different way than most. And um, that having that freedom will allow me to, to make that platform um, and to create that platform and seek the the, the opportunities out. Um, I'm slowly doing that in bits and pieces already. And um, so that freedom in that aspect is one thing I'm seeking. Uh, that is to happen in the next five years. Um, long-term, I want work to be anything I, as far as work related or income related to be an option after I'm, I turn 50. Um, I'll be done regardless of where I'm at in this world and what I'm doing. I'm done having to work at 50. I mean, technically I'm already retired because I have my military retirement pension that comes in from my medical disabilities and stuff. So at any point in time, I could technically walk away from everything and be perfectly fine and content, but I would be the biggest son of a bitch to deal with because I've got an unfinished business. Um, between now and the time I turn 50, I want to be able to build a legacy that, um, as Ed Milet puts it, I want to be the one. So he always talks about being the one that changes your family for generations and generations and generations, because, um, there's going to be one in every family that financially and, um, mentally, however, changes the outcome of the way things go. And uh, there's just no fucking reason for me not to be that person with who I am and with the gifts I've been given and the passion that I have. And I've got three kids. I've got twin daughters that are 15. I got a son that's 12 and uh, they drive me to fucking be up at three 30 every day, go to bed at 10 o'clock every day. That's seven days a week. Um, and it, I make me feel guilty, not because of anything that they say or that they believe, but 
um, just their existence and then their passion, their drive um, makes me feel guilty if I decide to sit down on the couch and watch Netflix at ever. Um, and so it's like, no, I've got other shit that I can be doing and need to be doing and other ways that I can escape and or have a mental break or while still professionally developing, while still chasing down what I'm going after. So, um, and then ultimately that all leads to one thing. I want a legacy for my kids, for my family, for the generations to, to know that all we do is we fucking help people because that's, that, that's the one thing that's needed across the board. And I'm not saying giving handouts, I'm saying help people see their greatness, help people understand that they can do just exactly what any one of us that might be featured on here can do. Um, they just have to have the confidence in themselves to take the first step or take many steps repeatedly and find the path, create the path. But um, yeah, uh, you know, we all talk about if a millionaire always talks about, I want to create more millionaires. It's like, well, put your money where your mouth is, you know, I can get to work. You definitely have your headset in the right place to take you and make all of this happen. I think you're the type of person who won't stop till the job is done. Um, so I definitely see this all happening for you. Um, now, you know, you mentioned something in there that you want the business to be in a position where it's pretty much running itself. You don't have to be there, that your employees um, are empowered to kind of make it their own and run a successful business. So what do you feel like is essential for you to focus on right now as things currently stand within the business to make that a reality very soon down the road? Um, it, it is continuing to get the word out there, continuing to just feed that process and um, <clears throat> reevaluate, of course, always reevaluating your systems or processes and making sure that they're in alignment with the way um, with what's best to support that. Um, you know, um, uh, Bedros Koulian, he's very famous about saying, you know, like you, you don't always, have, it's not necessarily a lead problem you have, it's a retention problem. If you get 20 people in the door, even if 15 in the door one month and you still need another 15 or 20 next month, is that because you're trying to grow or is that because you have a retention problem? Because if you get 15 to 20 people in, and you're keeping them and you do that monthly repeatedly, there's nobody should have a problem with having income or members where right? like, if you get 50 leads in one month and you do that repeatedly, even for just three months or four months, it's like, okay, you should be busting at the seams, but obviously you're not because you're continuing to seek out more leads, more people, more members. So um, it's a balance. It's continuing to, Fill that cup for people to understand that we're here to provide value, take care of them in the long term, as well as encouraging more people to come in and getting to that point where, you know, what is that? What is success? And that's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So final thought that I have here is like, what word of advice would you share with somebody who is like new to stepping into becoming a gym owner? If you could kind of chop up all of your experience into like one piece of advice, what would you share? Um, there is zero reason for you to make mistakes that others have already made in this industry. And what I mean by that is before I even knew what I wanted to do in business, 
and I'm not saying that because I did it, it's what everybody should do, but I have zero business experience, zero business knowledge, had no idea what the hell a business was supposed to look like, how to run a business. I just knew that you put me on path and I'll fucking destroy it. So I joined the mastermind and I identified that my success is going to be based off of learning from the experience of those who've already walked in the steps that I want to take. Do not repeat the mistakes that others have made because you're fucking fool if you do. You may ref- you may experience them still, but it better not be because you didn't ask the question to a mentor. You didn't listen to what they had to tell you. You didn't follow their guidance. Like if they're telling you to do something, it's for a reason. And if they're genuine and they they're 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 in your corner, they're not going to set you up for failure because anybody in this industry, whether it's fitness or business, doesn't want you to fail. They want to see you succeed because that only makes them look better. It only makes their reputation look better. And it only allows them to then further get other people to do the same thing with. So as soon as you grasp that concept and you give a little bit of blind trust and you just fucking go and take action to it, you're going to get, get out of your own way and just don't, don't make mistakes that have already been made. Yep. Don't let history repeat itself. Yeah, that is a really, really good piece of advice. And not everybody knows that there's like mastermind groups out there. Like there's coaches, people that can help you like avoid those mistakes that people have already made. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that. And thank you for like making the time to be here with us today, Chris. It was truly a pleasure. Um, Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.